Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, we are back. Episode 26 of the Rink Shrinks mailbag episode with a special guest, Keith Yandel, which we are super excited about. We had some great questions. KY uh, in the house. Yeah, so what do you say, Mach? You ready to roll? Let's go. All right, we are back. Episode 26, mailbag episode with a special guest, KY, Keith Yandel. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining the Shrinks. How's everything? Good, yeah. Just enjoying the beautiful weather here in uh, in Boston, Mass. Yes, hi. 70, 70 degrees and pouring rain. It's been great. Nice. Yeah, just uh, the, the golf gets rained out. Not yeah. much to do. Just hang with the pups. Seattle, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> it's been ridiculous. This rain every single night. The baseball that my kids have had, the games are like getting canceled. They're getting um, postponed. We're like leaving the park, driving back to the park. It's been ridiculous. You need a baseball, uh, the, a field trinks, diamond trinks. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely. You need, a, you need a dome is what you need. Yeah, exactly. You got to play in the uh, the old, what has it? In Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The bubble. Yeah, Monster's hometown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of his neighboring towns. Love it. What do you think about the uh, Tampa taking the cup? What do you think, KY? Yeah, very impressive um, out of them. Uh, you know, especially doing it back to back years on a shortened season. Um, yeah, I don't know if people realize how. You know, obviously, you don't ever want to say your job's tough when you're playing in the NHL, but it's. Um, you know, this year was a little difficult with not being able to see family and friends and just kind of being stuck going to the rink every day, and that's basically it. So, I mean, you couldn't get away, couldn't go out to dinners and stuff. So, um, you know, you definitely got to tip your cap to them and, you know, getting back-to-back championships. I, th- I thought it was good, too, that they were able to, you know, obviously last year winning it, they had the parades and stuff, but being able to win it at home and in front of their fans and – um you know, I thought that, I thought that was great for them and and uh, their fans. Yeah, that I was know, awesome to see that. that yeah, they could. I know you didn't play against uh, Montreal, but how do you think? How do you think they did as far as kind of believability and kind of each round they were just kind of playing to their, you know, style of playing up almost. And uh, you know, they were a likable team. I thought so. Um, something to build on for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, it's you, you look at with them, with Carey Price and, you know, him and, him and Vasilevsky in the finals, arguably the two best goalies in the league. And, um, you know, that's what, you know, wins your championships. And I thought, uh, you know, Carey was able to carry them as far as they could. And obviously they beat some good teams coming in to play Tampa. And, um, you know, obviously I think it's a little different, different level playing Tampa, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, fun, fun to watch and, um, you know, happy for guys and know, know some of the guys on Tampa. And I thought our series against them was a little better though. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. A quick turnaround for him too. We're going to start the season on time this year, right? 
Yeah, that's what they're saying. Hopefully, um, you know, I think end of September, um, training camp, and then start mid-August, uh, October. So, yeah, it'll be a quick, quick turnaround for them. But um, Limits the blowouts for, you know, going, you know, attending each each guy's party and just having a time. I know. I'm, I'm sure they still will, though. <laughs> they seem to be ripping it up. That Kucherov's on fire. He's unbelievable. Yeah. I love the press conference with just hairy chest and just no jersey on, just absolute maniac. And he's sure. obviously – he's a stud. He can do whatever. I love the uh, – I, I seen a tweet today. Did you guys see that with uh, – Igor Larionov was got like a, a random phone call and it was uh, it was Kucherov and he was like talking about him and how he was the greatest and paved the way like that was pretty cool. Yeah, was, yeah, his, his idol wanted to call his idol and thank him. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Did uh, Keith? How how crazy was it? With, like with no fans in the building this year. Yeah, it was. I mean, luckily, pretty much most of the season we we were able to have fans, which I thought worked out you know, huge in our favor during the year, having home ice advantage. And you know, listening to the last game, I heard, um, you know, uh, Eddie O talking about, you know, the fan, uh, the players never take the fans for granted after, you know, everything we went through this year. Cause I'll tell you, it, it was tough. It was tough playing in buildings with no fans and, you know, just that extra, you know, kind of, you, you, you get that extra oomph from the fans, especially if you're down a goal or, or, uh, you know, even, end of periods, end of games or power plays when the crowd's buzzing. It's uh, it was definitely one of those things where it was missed. And, you know, last year was a little different with the, in the bubble. Cause it was strictly just playoffs. You knew you had a chance to win the cup. You're going to be playing for two months, hopefully. But uh, you know, this year, the whole year with no fans and um, you know, it was definitely tough, but it was good to see a uh, packed house in Tampa, Florida doing it right. Typical Florida, the places. Yeah. That, that was that must have been crazy just going from I mean whatever it was what they say 3500 fans in Montreal down there to a packed house like it was I, I couldn't agree more though it was great to see like them being able to win it on home ice with their fans there with their families and things like that yeah I agree um all right well what do you guys say uh we get into the mailbag or oh, much you wanna you wanna um Talk about the the passing of the the goalie quickly there from uh, Kivy uh, Matisse Kavlinix from Columbus unfortunately passed away with uh, a uh, fireworks mishap and we uh, wish him uh, his family uh, our best and it's a you know the hockey community's mourning um, for him so unfortunate accident and uh, we wish his family the best. Absolutely well said, Mots. Uh, before we get into the mailbag, I got a quick little announcement here for you guys. The um, TSR Hockey, we got to mark our calendars, and we might even go up there, Mots. So mark your calendars to save big. TSR, TSR Hockey's 13th annual tent sale kicks off July 26th and lasts until the 31st. Get geared up for next season with sales on stick skates, protective lacrosse, and apparel all under the tent and in the lower lower level discount room. Join the fun, games, prizes, and special guests all week long, located at 5 Kelly Road in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire. For more information, visit tsrhockey.com. Um, map pricing applies. Yeah, we can get up there and uh, do a live show. Yeah. yeah. you know They invited us up, so we might have to uh, – <clears throat> 
jump up there that that Saturday that it uh, that it starts. I think it's the the, the twenty sixth. But make sure you check that out. I've been up there before. I get some great stuff at discounted prices uh, during that week, which is which is awesome. So once again, thanks to those guys. Uh, he was a legend in those areas of New Hampshire, Mons. You know that. Oh yeah. Imagine how much money I'd be making now that college players can get paid off like their jerseys and stuff. I would have been loaded. Oh, it would have been me buying houses in Florida, not you. I know, seriously. Yeah. Would have had like uh, some Best Buy Bry situations on like license plate, <laughs> live free or die. So yeah. Bry's picture on it. Live oh. free or Bry. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> uh, you want to you wanna open us off with this email that this guy's got some Duxbury roots? Yeah. So we got an email here from Jason. I grew up in Duxbury, moved to Los Angeles Los Angeles 20 years ago, and my son is playing bantam hockey out here. So we uh, really enjoy listening to the podcast together. It's awesome to be able to listen to some insightful, relatable, and funny hockey talk with some uh, a little flavor from back home in Massachusetts. Thanks for the time and effort you put into doing it. And here's the question. Often you hear people say, that kid is a natural defenseman or that kid is a natural center. In my opinion, uh, in your opinion, I'm sorry, what instinctual and physical traits make kids natural at certain positions if they're good at it (laughs) (laughs) yeah kids are natural yeah so he goes on to say like you know defending the net as opposed to rushing the puck would be called a natural defenseman um but pretty obvious to anyone so more specific nuances things can kids uh that what they do on the ice to catch your eye and immediately make you think a kid would be better at one position over another so I mean, thanks to uh, Jason for that. What was that? Uh, that pinging? I think it's uh, my. I'm on Kristen's computer. I don't know how to do anything on this. How do I? <laughs> how do I shut that off? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just grind through it. Hopefully, she doesn't get any more text. Yeah, seriously. The, maybe, maybe it's a weather maybe, alert. Maybe put on the do. Tell her to put her phone on. Do not disturb. Uh, but thanks, Jason, for the question. I mean, I think a couple things like you know naturally if you're let's say you know when you talk about a natural center right it's kind of somebody that doesn't cheat the play and kind of you know it is good defensively helps out in all three zones and isn't the guy like you know hanging at the far blue line looking for a breakaway right as a as a centerman i mean i think at a younger age from what i've seen there are certain kids that are a little bit more defensive minded and kind of like the you know the defensive style of play so you know i i guess i would call them natural defensemen but I mean, hey, uh, being, you know, there's nothing wrong with being an offensive-minded defenseman either. You know what I mean? A lot of guys that I play it with, at, uh, I'm sorry, that I coach at the younger levels, they're our defensemen. They're kind of our best skaters, and they kind of lug the mail. They go from, you know, they, they're, they're probably our better offensive players as well. So I don't think there's anything that's, that's you know, until you get a little bit older in life that makes you kind of that specialist, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say you know personality could probably play into it if you're drawn towards a certain position. If you want to defend and you care about defending, you know you're gonna you're gonna kind of err on the side of you know being back. But yeah, to your point there, that I mean, if you're a center, a natural center, like you're underneath the puck, you're you're just more responsible. But um, it's very difficult to kind of uh, pigeonhole kids at an early age, and you shouldn't. Um, you should have them play all positions and, you know, they can be an uh, irresponsible winger at any time in their career, I think. 
Yeah, you know? dumb forward at any time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the natural thing. I think it personality plays into it. So if you have a, a, a real kind of uh, you know defensive minded person, like in and it's tough. You know, there's different traits that can come come into it. But like if you throw a puck in the corner and they want to win a 50-50 puck battle consistently. You know, they could be a good, you know, forechecking forward or someone who wants to play some D. So it's really up in the air. But I uh, I think, it, you know, it's a good point. But, you know, people do say that uh, natural defenseman. What, what what were you, KY, growing up? Natural. Naturally. Natural, natural rover? Natural born killer. Um, I don't know. I was actually, I'd, I'd say more when I was a kid, like young and what's to like Pee Wee Square. I was more like. I like you, hitting guys and stuff like that. I was when gonna I was say you were more defensive than yeah. you are now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. And then I'd say more towards when I got to when I got to high school at Cushing, um, when it was kind of you know taught to you to to be offensive and to help out, and um, you know I that's probably when I kind of started being more offensive, and you know. I know you guys had him on with Ray Bork, but I think he was able to teach me a lot of that and, and being able to learn from him was uh, was huge for my offensive ability. Yeah, and I, I mean, I tell the story all the time how you would, like the might and squirt level, used to play goalie for half the game too. So, you, you know. Yeah, I, so I'm a naturally a, a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm another naturally smart enough to not take pucks off the head for a living. Well, another thing is that, you know, some kids are more comfortable with the game in front of them versus around them. So, you know, it's almost easier, I think, to to have a kid, you know, see what he's like. And, you know, if he's forward and it's all around him, he's kind of struggling to see the, the play to move him back and see how he responds there. You know, so, yeah, a couple of different different things to think about. Good stuff. I got another one here. Um I am a parent of an 11-year-old peewee player in the Carolinas. My question revolves around advice for avoiding burnout. My son has tried several different sports uh, from basketball, soccer, swimming, uh, yada, 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 um, but none of them he's as passionate about. A, uh, only his, his biggest passion is ho- hockey, obviously. He'll be playing uh, double-A travel hockey this year and continues to put the work in. As a parent, I struggle forcing him um, – forcing him to take a break and given how late he started. Uh, the first question is whether the forced break applies to kids late in the sport. So so this kid obviously started late, right? So my first question is um, whether the forced break ap- applies to kids that join the sport late. Um, and the second question is whether or not uh, – is whether non-traditional sports like rock climbing, water – White water kayaking sports he also loves are accept- acceptable alternatives for cross training. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, if you're playing catch up, you do need to get some reps. Um, I don't think there'll be as big of a burnout factor if you if you're still trying to kind of get some of the fundamentals down. So, um, you know, 11 years old. And oh, I missed that part of it. He 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 only started playing a couple of years ago, like a year yeah. and a half, two years ago. Sorry, so I was that, trying to I was trying to go with the cliff notes. I should have just read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. no, you did good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mots is the reader of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, so we have, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you put, you got to get those fundamentals down and a little bit of a foundation. So if if you're playing catch up, you you got to get those reps, but. 
Um, so I don't think there'll be burnout per se. I mean, you would have to do a little bit more to, to almost catch up. But again, it's a, it's kind of a fine line, you know, how much are you on the ice and how much are you doing? But um, getting the right quality instruction is important, you know, so you don't want to be, you want to be practicing with a purpose and figure out his physical skill set and you can work on it. But you know, the other side of it, the tr- non-traditional sports. Yeah. I, I mean, rock climbing is no joke. Whitewater <laughs> rafting is, or kayaking <laughs> is no joke. So awesome. I mean, yeah, anything to do, you know, outside of a, a sport that, that, you know, it's, I don't know if it will, absolutely apply but like that strength will definitely apply now what do you think keith yeah i mean the, the white water uh kayaking seems it seems like you got to be pretty athletic to do yeah and and uh gutsy as well so yeah, I mean, same with rock climbing yeah so the, i mean the kids definitely probably got the heart and uh desire to if he's doing stuff like that then to give it his all in hockey and i think um yeah, it, it doesn't seem like one of those things where he's going to burn out and and be on the ice, you know, every day for 365 days straight. So I think, uh, you know, always continue. You, you can do whatever you want. If you want to go whitewater rafting and then uh, on a Tuesday and then have practice on Wednesday, it's uh, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think if you're a little late to the game, right, and you want to um, – you, know, you you do have to find that balance where you're not getting burnt out and, and you know not enjoy what you're doing but if you're playing a little bit of catch up and you're doing some extra skills and lessons and getting getting reps in and things like that I don't see a problem with it and yeah as far as those non-traditional sports I think those are fantastic I mean rock climbing's got to be fantastic for your for your leg strength right like right. core yeah. hands everything yeah so I think uh I think Paul's got it figured out. He's yeah. doing a pretty good job. So thank you to Paul for the question. Uh, Mott, you want to read this one from from Dan from St. Louis? I, I, the way this is – the way yeah, he, he kind of is, is fantastic. Yeah. So um, – I just said fantastic like three times in a row. <laughs> it's a good word. Yeah, it's, uh, fan- it's a fantastic word. So, and uh from st louis uh sent us an email my kid got cut today well my, <laughs> well my first thought was to call 311 i was able to restrain myself did i have that in st louis uh, i don't know but maybe we could have got directed here yeah so uh he's a 08 uh from st louis played um you know, in the AAA league based in Chicago. Uh, last year, the team changed a bit, being open district uh, to three clubs. So I'll just kind of skip ahead a little bit. But um, they're changing coaches and continuing to hear concerns about the new coaches during the spring and throughout tryouts. The concerns were mainly that the new coaches didn't know what it was was required for the central states level and that they weren't committed enough after uh, missing several ice times due to the spring uh, during the spring program. In the best interest of the team, I tried talking to the new head coach, and he blew me off. Then I brought these concerns to the head of the club and was basically told to F off. His direct quote was, if I had concerns, if you had concerns, why did you try out? It's not my team. His kid's in 07, so it's not my problem. Ouch. The guy in charge has no experience. Uh, His kid made the team last year, but there was no league uh, because of COVID. He doesn't know what the league requires either. Shortly thereafter, my kid was cut. 
I know I'm biased towards my kid, but I truly believe he is a top six forward throughout the spring and tryouts. My kid was crushed, but I feel even worse because I feel responsible for getting him cut. How do you deal with the petty egos of people running youth hockey clubs? Ooh. Uh, I think, it, I mean, there's got to be a lot of play. I mean, you guys would obviously know more than me, but there's got to be a lot of places where it's people are in it for the money grab and not in the interest of kids. Um, you know, it, it, you feel bad for the kid if he's, you know, one of those kids that probably could have made the team but didn't. But, um, yeah, it's, that's a tough situation. Um, yeah, I mean, you always – I think if you're a parent, especially, I mean – I'm a, I'm a parent, uh, you know, my kids play sports and I don't think I would be, unless it was, you know, hurting the kids somehow or, you know, not in their best interest. I don't know if I would go up to a coach or a manager and, and tell them how to run it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I know as a former, uh, hockey director of a program, I ran a couple of them. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's challenging and there's, there's, there's always, you know, a couple parents that you, you can't please everybody is kind of like what my model always was. Right. And if there's 15 families on a team, that's at least 30 parents. Uh, so, you know, odds are that one or two of them probably aren't going to be too happy. And, and especially if kids getting cut and things like that. I mean, I was always had a kind of an open door policy with people that want to come in and voice their concerns and things like that. And which is, obviously what Dan seemed to do, he voiced his, his opinion on a coaching, um, you know, like the, the, the coaches that were hired and he felt, felt that, you know, they, they didn't belong. And, and, you know, he feels now his kid is being punished because of it. And, and you know, I hope that uh, his, you know, the, the people that run the program as well as the coaches would put those type of things aside, right? Like if you have a parent that, you know, went in and respectfully voiced a complaint, I wouldn't, hold that against the kid ever and and you know that is the hottest the the hottest thing is to to you know to to balance everybody's expectations right yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it seemed like the the guy uh the manager or whatever didn't handle it the right way um but you know you you get one side of the story here but i mean it's in a bigger picture it's like Mata and Brian, you know how it is like guys having their agents call the GM in the NHL or AHL level. And, you know, my, my, my client's not playing enough and, you know, those guys get weeded out too. So it happens at, uh, it happens at every level. Yeah. You would hope that, you know, someone who's in charge of a program um, would deal with it a little bit more diplomatically than tell them to F off, you know? So that's yeah, one of the yeah. things and, that you have. And, and saying, then why did you try out, right? Yeah, like, it's not my I'm sure problem. You had, I'm sure you had no problem taking the 125 bucks for the uh, trial fees. Okay. Right. Where, where was this? Uh, St. Louis, Chicago area. The, they play in the, out of a Chicago league, but uh, Dan's from St. Louis. Yeah. So, that, yeah, I mean, that's that's difficult. But, like, you know, it wasn't just him. It was other parents also voicing some concerns about the commitment level of the new coaching staff. So it's you're paying a lot of money. You expect a certain level of commitment from the coaches. And, you know, if it's not there, then, you know, you, you should be able to at least have a conversation about it and not have your kid suffer the consequences. So definitely uh, a brutal, brutal situation. Um, but I'm sure there's other options out there, Dan, for your son. And, you can uh, move on and, and be in a better situation. 
Absolutely. Cullinan, you want to queue up a voicemail for us? Oh, let's see. Oh, sure. You I know, want, you, I know uh, you, you got you, you're playing with your building blocks. Playing yeah, yeah, you're playing. Uh, uh, playing Legos over here. All right, let's yeah. go. I guess my real question is, is, can you still get to college hockey playing in high school? So my thing is, is I don't think there's enough good players to – to hide like if, if you're a good player i mean the the way that the world is now with video and and like there's no there's no good players anymore that are getting left behind and not getting an opportunity to play in college or you know just because of where you play um so i i think yeah for an example like the I, the milton high baseball team they have a wagon of a team i guess and these group of kids that are sophomores they've all just stuck together and played together and i'm sure i mean it's different it's baseball but i'm sure they've all had opportunities to go to a prep school or whatever it is but they're like you know what we're going to stick together and I, I can't imagine they're not going to not play college baseball because of it if they're good enough so it, i think i think no matter what if you're good enough um you're gonna you're gonna make it. Uh, you know, you had Keith Coin on last week, a guy who played at uh, Chelmsford High. That's right, Chelmsford. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, by no stretch of the imagination, a, a you know hockey you know hotbed yeah. where um, you know scouts are going to see and everything. And, and he made it. So it's it's one of those things that if you're good enough, they're gonna find you. And um, yeah, hopefully he calls in again next week with the same question. <laughs> Uh, yeah i think that's the uh i think like you said if you're if you're playing at a public school at a catholic school wherever it is prep school and you're good enough somebody's gonna find you and i i I, you know i think going directly i don't think the days of people going directly from let's just say chelmsford high right like keith a coin and playing really any level of college hockey is is not going to happen like keith a coin leaving chelmsford high you know when when he did compared to now it's just much different like there's you know kids going into norwich right now you know i'd say 90 percent of them are probably 20 year old freshmen playing division three hockey so uh i think there's you know you can do your four years at one of those schools at your public school uh at your catholic school and then you know if you're good enough you're going to have the opportunity to play junior or go to prep school and then you know eventually go and play college hockey yeah, I think I think a big thing is too. Like if you're if you're at a school, say it's a what do you say CM, um, you know, in, in you know, say one of you guys is coaching at CM, and then he wants to go off to you know some academy, and the coach there is just some guy that you know he's just not a great coach. I think I think the coaching aspect is a big uh, was a big thing, especially for me. If I had a kid in that opportunity, I would. Uh, <laughs> Who's in the toy room? Cush, yeah, my, my dog's playing with his squeaky toy. Good timing. Um, <laughs> so I would, uh, yeah, I, I would kind of have him lean more towards what the better, you know, coaching and, uh, you know, whatever works out good for him, him himself. Yeah, I think that's what we talked about. I know we talked about it before, but, you know, you look at Hingham High School and Bobby Allen and, and Ricky Shuick, like guys that played Division One hockey, unbelievable players and they're coaching your kid like if you can get four years of their tutelage and then eventually move on then why not you're gonna have to go to juniors anyways you know 
Don't forget Tony Messina. Yeah, exactly. Tony Baloney. Um, all right, we got one from, from uh, Twitter here from Boston Tom. If you could make two rule changes to hockey, what would they be? Uh, mine would be if you give up a shorthanded goal, the other team gets to go back to full strength. And if you score on the PP, the guy in the box has to stay until his time is up. Multiple uh, power play goals could be possible at that point. What do you guys think? Two two rule changes. That's I got good. I got one for you for the youth hockey. Whoa! Um, <laughs> Go ahead. The checking. I think I would start checking at the younger ages and and you know introduce body contact early. I think it develops. You know, it 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 makes kids learn to play with their head up. Uh, you learn how to give a hit. You learn how to take a hit at a younger age when everybody's um, basically like Gumby out there versus now at, at you know, the Bantam level where you have some kid with a full-grown Fu Manchu and uh, and then another kid that, that you know, isn't even close to sniffing puberty. I think that, that, that those size discrepancies is a very difficult time to learn how to use your body and, and, and how to take a check and give a hit and things like that. So uh, that, that, that's, that's one for me. They don't hit until Bantam now. Yeah. yeah. What's that? High school? No, Bantam. Basically. Yeah. yeah middle, Basically. like, like eighth seven, grade. Eighth grade. Ninth, wow. ninth. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a great question. There's a lot of different, I mean, I got a lot of buzz on uh, Instagram, you know, when we posed the question, but uh what about like having a minus, just a minus for the player that gets the penalty? Mm. Mine would be take away plus minus. Yeah, I like. I mean, that's pretty good too. I think yeah. it would. It's uh, a fickle stat. I mean, if you're high end plus or really low end minus, it tells a little bit of a story. But I mean, you probably got, I want to say, you know, fifteen empty. minuses at the end. Of empty netters. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's 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 tough. You know, different guys have different. Some some teams are better at weighting that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that's a fickle stat. Yeah, I I think um in I, I think I saw it on your guys' Instagram. I that there you can't ice it on. Are they, are they introduced? The PK. Yeah, yeah. I I like that stat. I just don't know how it um be regulated i think you guys talked about it if you're able to change your players or whatever like or if you do ice it and send it the whole maybe it goes back to another two minutes or something like that where uh but i think not not icing it would be one for me on the pp um yeah of course you're a power play guy i know you just want to be in zone exactly yeah Having sniffed the PK in a few years. another 10 years if you don't have to skate all the way back and, and retrieve <laughs> those pucks exactly what uh, about uh, there was another one? That, oh, uh, you know what's one that also for for me that I kind of I I hate this rule for some reason, and I think like referees should be good enough to call it at the NHL level. Like if you deliberately shoot the puck over the glass, like you're trying to do that, I think that should be a penalty. But I think the accidental ones, like when you're trying to just flip it or or you know the goalie just tries to shoot it off the glass type of thing, and it accidentally goes out. I I hate that penalty for some reason. Yeah, but I get it. If it's, I get it, if like if a guy's deliberately like trying to wheel the net and just fire it into the crowd, like that's that's the only play you get. And like I get it. So if if the hell kill, uh, yeah, the 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 skills he's special. 
Um, if everyone's using the glass so much, it, 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 it should be a penalty for not having the skill to hit the window. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't even be allowed to go off the glass and all. Yeah, that, that could be one. What about, I, I think this is NCAA. I, I just, because it's not in the NHL yet, I don't believe. But um, if there's a delayed penalty and there's a goal scored, the the penalties still get served. That's yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I, like I that. thought that was a really good one because you know you you still committed the penalty, and so it could be like a double whammy mm-hmm. for you know if the if so then you pull the goalie six on five you know like sometimes it's just like let them touch it let's go on the PP yeah. but you get a, a a chance and score and you can double down. What when did that when did that change before? Like what about a delayed call when it was a you know when you were potentially going on a a five on three and you just give up the puck right away. Right. Remember like when we were younger, you just give the puck to the other team so that you got that longer time on the five on three. Um, But like you said, if you did that with that, that rule change and you like, you know, you, you continued it and then you still got a five on three on top of it. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, I do like that. I mean, I, I was surprised. I was actually watching a game and it happened and I was, I think I think that could be a, a rule that could be implemented, and it just well, as, kinda, he, as ESPN's top college analyst, I should have known it before. You, you probably should have known that. <laughs> that. That's when I learned it when I was on set. <laughs> You're sitting there like, "What is this?" I'm like, rule? Oh, what, "Dude, what, what's he doing in the in the box?" They scored. Yeah, You're looking at you like this guy's this guy's a genius, huh? Yeah, yeah. I put an X through his name. <laughs> hey, don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about Franklin. Uh, we're always talking about how important it is to play multiple sports growing up and not getting burned out by too much hockey and keeping it fun. It's also so important to develop skills like hand-eye coordination from baseball, across footwork, and soft hands from flag football or soccer. Uh, our partner, Franklin Sports Connect, is the one-stop shop for all your equipment you need. In addition to street hockey equipment, they're offering all of our listeners 20% off their entire website of sports equipment at franklinsports.com. Enter the coupon code RINKSHRINKS for 20% off site-wide through the end of 2021. Street hockey equipment, soccer balls, nets, footballs, bat and gloves, baseball equipment, pickleball, cornhole, volleyball, and more. Unbelievable! We had all those going on um, on the what was it, like the four uh, the fifth of July. All the kids playing bocce. Bocce is a great beach game. Awesome! awesome. Um, get get some horseshoes. Great bocce. That's and that, then that. the uh, the bago. So it was a little bit of a uh, a tip of the cap to Franklin Sports for helping out the uh the party goes down the beach so it was, it was great you know check them out at franklinsports.com check it out for 20 percent off rink shrinks check. and they got some sick uh i was i saw on their instagram like i know obviously we got a florida panther on here but they had some sick uh tampa bay lightning gear for from when they want it and they had like backpacks and things like that all with the cool logos that the backpacks look sweet so you can order all that type of stuff 20 percent off using the code Ring shrinks. KY, you remember Franklin back in the day? Remember those Franklin gloves dad got at Canton High? Yeah, those are sweet. The all leather. Yeah, he uh, loved those things. Moss used to wear them. Batten gloves. I remember them having, uh, everyone had the batten gloves there. Oh, you should always, see the ones that were nicely priced, Franklin. Yep. My kids have Franklin ones now. They got their nicknames on them and everything. They're unreal. Yeah, they did. 
Yeah, they do them all there. It's great. You're going to uh, get a pair for the wiffle ball line, Tony? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, actually, I should. I'll hit up Franklin. Yeah, we'll set you up. Uh, all right, this one I got from uh, Jack from Jersey. I like that name. Um, Jack? Yeah. This is <laughs> crazy. Wow. <laughs> of, of all the names to point out that are unique and that you like, you pick Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack from Jersey. I like how it flows. You know, oh, you put it all together. No, you put it Jersey. together, not just Jack. Guy sounds dangerous, to be honest yeah, with you. Jack yeah. from Jersey. He's not. Uh, I'm gonna agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Tony Soprano's friend Jack. Yeah. No, it's Robin Williams in that movie where he's like 72 years old, but he's really in like second Jack, grade. Um, no, Jack. That was the name of the movie. Oh yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> no, Patch Adams. Patch Adams. I was thinking. Would you say Jack Adams? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the year, right? I'll push the zip it back there. Uh, all right, Jack from Jersey, my boy. Uh, have you guys discussed the D board? Pathetic dads posting anonymously about kids and coaches. Uh it should be called the D bag board. <laughs> I mean, an anonymous people talking about talking uh, right. negatively across youth hockey. It's uh, it just, I don't think we should do. It doesn't deserve any time. Yeah, no. I agree. Yeah. It's, I, yep. Someone grab the yeah. dog. That's it. Like it. It. That's that's. It's absurd. Absolutely absurd. And if you have that type of time on your hands to be sitting around on some chat room talking about youth hockey parents and coaches and things like that, like you're a loser. <laughs> there you go. Done. You heard it from the three-time All-Star. Um, Mons. Got one from Twitter here. Um, Ryan Dagner says. Oh, that's a bad name. What a <laughs> name. Great name. Ryan. <laughs> Don't you have a son named Ryan Mott? I do. I love well, that name. First guy to have a name as kid that. Yeah, it means little king. I was wondering about the QMJHL draft criteria. What does it mean if you are drafted to the Q? What rights do you have? And what does the team have for rights? Wow. We have we, we have even a know, Q we got a Q guy on the on the Q guy. You're Q guy. You're a Q white. He's got a tattoo of a Q. Well, <laughs> um I think it's like any any time you get drafted, they I was drafted by uh Chikudami. Um, remember when what's his name? Guy Cabano called the house and mom hung up on him? Yeah, guy. <laughs> She's like guy called. Yeah, my 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 husband handles the hockey stuff. See you later. Yeah. Uh so I think I think you have a little bit more say, especially if you're an American. I know from for me, I was drafted by Chikudami. It was kind of a place i mean i don't know i think it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in quebec and uh not much english speaking and um i kind of had a little bit of say where you know that you know the league back then wanted more american guys and uh was able to work something out where they traded me to moncton um i think it was either either moncton or quebec where they were going to try to get me to to make sure I would come up, but, um, yeah, I th- but I think it's kind of like anything. If a team drafts you, they have your, they have, I don't know how long they have your rights for, but, um, I think they have your rights and 
whether you choose to go there or not is. So you have to be 16 to be drafted into the queue. I think the WHL's 15 year old uh, year is is when you can get drafted. And from what I've um, seen for Americans, and Keith, you can speak to this a little bit uh, more intelligently, but it was a situation where they kind of do their research. They'll make calls and, and kind of gauge some interest and before the draft. And then if there is some interest, they'll, you know, these American kids that have, um, you know, kind of a, a little bit of interest to, to go up there or even, you know, say I'm all in, they'll get drafted a little bit higher. So it's not totally dictated on, you know, the actual best player in this area because New England just has to go to the queue for mm-hmm. those people that don't understand the major juniors, the Western Hockey League, Ontario Hockey League, um, the queue, and that's it, right? Yeah, it's just three. Just the three. So, you know, regionally in New England here, if um, you want to play major junior, you have to go to the queue, and that's what our boy KY did here. And I know a few kids that just got drafted up to the queue, and, you know, they have that window of 48 hours where they can come up and and, uh, Mm -hmm. skate and visit without any penalties, um, you know, eligibility penalties. So, but was that similar to when you were going through it? Yeah, for me, it was, um, you know, once once my rights were traded to Moncton, it was um, they, they had me come up and I had already made my decision to, to go up there. And I went with a suitcase and my equipment knowing I was going to stay. And uh, but I don't know if they knew that. And it was kind of one of those things where, you know, they show you around town, you meet your billets and stuff like that. And, um, you know, kind of wine and dine you for a day or two and hope you make the decision but uh for me it was just like i said like i said before about the coach and we had a uh we had a, a guy who had won the jack adams award uh teddy nolan um you know a guy that had been in the nhl knew what it take for guys to get to the nhl uh as a coach there so i think for me having that opportunity to play for him was uh was really big for my decision to go up there yeah and also i mean i think when you talk about the rights and, and things like that too, like it, it's a good like notch on your belt, right? If, it, if you do get drafted at 16 years old in the queue and, and um, you know, so we applaud, you know, uh, uh, applaud those guys. It's a good little notch on their belt. Right. But it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Like you still have to put in the work and you still got to continue to progress and improve or else like that team could very easily just say, yeah, we don't want you. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's uh, another situation where there's, you know, you say no, they still retain your right to go to the call the college route, and then you decide to leave. And we've seen some Charlie Coyle. Coyle. Yeah, exactly. So you go there, and you go to that team that has had already drafted you. So there is, it's like you know, a bunch of different ways. But you know, for some kids, you know, and parents, they don't really know the whole process. It's it's pretty good for us to be chatting about. Yeah. Um, Dave, you want to tee up another uh, voicemail? We had a couple, right? Sure thing. Uh, let's go. Hey, guys. Ty. Called a couple days earlier. I tried to give you guys a story. But uh, I got a question, uh, kind of a two-part question. Uh, so my first question is kind of with the age group of, like, high school hockey, so, like, between 17 and 18 years old. Uh my coaching philosophy is like more of like game situation, like like more of like scrimmaging, like that 
because it's literally implementing everything that goes into a game, whether it's uh, working on, like, rebounds. If I'm, like, working with a drill, I'm working on, like, rebound control with a goalie or just, like, situational stuff. And I kind of want to get your guys' opinion. Like, would you guys want to focus on a practice, like, half and half, like, half is the scrimmage and half is, like, game situations? Or some of it could be, like, uh, I don't know, fundamental skills, like, pass, like passing drills, shooting drills, that whole nature, or kind of just kind of want to get you guys' opinion. And then uh, the part two of this question, same age group, high school kids, uh, where is the line on conditioning? Like, I, I was not a big advocate of uh, conditioning, doing around the world, doing uh, Herbies or whatever you guys had to do when you were kids or when I was a kid. Like, I hated doing uh, conditioning. But – my question is, like, where is the line of, like, too much conditioning or not enough conditioning, or where's that fine line? Thanks, guys. You guys. Guy should uh, start his own podcast. He's a talker. <laughs> hey, it's better than me reading, though. Sure. <laughs> Fact. Um, I mean, Mach, you kind of coach at that age group. What do you? What are your thoughts? I mean, I'll let you guys talk about it. I got my thoughts, but why don't you guys – well, I, I think as far as the practice stuff is, uh, it's very important to construct drills that will apply to games. That's what we always try to talk about here. But, um, and then within your team concepts, so you watch a game film. What's the team lacking? Where where are some of the deficiencies that they you know continually um, do during the game? So you can kind of construct a game like situation drill. You know, and that, that's what Jacques Lemaire did when I was in New Jersey. And I was, it was like one of the first time a coach did that. And it was, you know, kind of off a rim that we were having a little trouble identifying kind of like the, it was, it would go halfway up the wall. You know, the winger went a couple times and gets chipped and, you know, to a, a more dangerous area. So he was really trying to duplicate that um, scenario that, you know, was, was, hurting us in a game. So that was the first time I kind of really experienced that. So then I tried to apply it now that I coach and you put, put those, you know, pieces together according to your team, you know, according to what scenarios that, you know, continually happen negatively for your team and try to work on them, even positively, like reinforcing some of the stuff they're doing well. So then they're all on the same page. Um, but that's the most important thing. I think constructing drills that apply to games and uh, as far as the conditioning, if you have a good up-tempo practice, there's really no need to uh, bag skate at the end or a condition skate. But every once in a while, it's good to you know send a message if they're you know undisciplined or whatever. Just but you keep it in check. But my philosophy would be to you know have a ton of like flow high-tempo drills with some stops in there, possibly to like you know really get it going and you know it gets the job done. Yeah. That- I agree with all your points, Mott. Um, yeah, it, it just playing in the NHL, you don't – I can't remember the last time we just had a scrim. And maybe a little bit during uh, – we did this year in training camp because there was no um, preseason games. But, you know, you're not really just going out there and scrimmaging, right? It's all drills that are going to, you know, translate over to the game, whether it's, like you said, D-zone coverage where, the, you know, it's – the coach throws a puck in the corner and the center's helping out the D just all like positioning things that can kind of translate over to the game. Um, Breakouts, things like that. Yeah. It's all in, you know, and the coach can, 
have his, uh, you know, during a scrimmage, if the coach is, and then if you stop in the whistle every, you know, 15, 20 seconds to, you know, point out what you need to be doing better, I, I don't think you get as much out of that. Um, you know, I, I think it's always fun. I remember scrimmaging, you know, when, you, when you're a kid and, you know, having, you know, the, lo- the losing team has to skate, that type of thing. That, that, that was always, uh, you know, just to get the get the competitive juices going. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, what was his, what was his, oh, the, yeah, the, uh, bag skating at the end. I, I think if your team, if, if you're coaching high school, how many, are you practicing every day? Yeah, they have yeah, probably, yeah, probably four, four programs. days a week. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think if, if you're running a good, running a good practice, what is they're probably skating an hour a day, uh, playing twice a week. I think, I think it's one of those things where it's, if you're having a good practice where you where you're buzzing around and making good passes and uh you know there's there's no reason to skate the team i i don't think it's um you know if it's one of those things where you're just skating guys to to do it then you can kind of you know get guys to check out and not want to be there as much but um if you're getting punished for things that you haven't done anything wrong but yeah i, I think if you just have a good up tempo practice where you're uh you're moving the whole time and I think the biggest thing you see it, it you see it in, in camps or high school and, and uh, team a guy they spend too much time at the board explaining a drill. You know, I know in the NHL you just have a couple a word or two to you know what drill you're doing and you just get out there and do it. And there's no, I mean, that's why we practice for 30 minutes because it's just hard for 30 minutes and and then you're off the ice. Yeah, the other the other thing that I would just add to that because you guys uh, had the same exact points um, as me with the with the high tempo and the condition. Like, you, you, there's no need to skate if your practices are fast and you're moving and your legs are going. Like, if you're standing around scrimmage and the coach is blowing the whistle like a controlled scrimmage, scrimmage, it's kind of a a waste of time in my eyes. I, I'd much rather see you, you know, even at the NHL level. I mean, I've watched your guys' practices, Keith and, and Mots. I'm sure you can talk about it too, but like, I'd rather see you playing small area games and cross ice and little, you know, like, you know, add those little competitions where the losing team skates or they got to pick up the pox or whatever it may be. And, you know, there's, there's so many different small area type drills where you can put the, you know, nets in different places, nets back to back, nets on the goal lines, nets facing each other, using a Gretzky, using an extra passer and guys are moving and making plays. And, you know, the coach is blowing the whistle every 30 seconds and you're going out and you're working your ass off for 30 and then, mm-hmm. And then you're getting off and the next guy goes and like that, that's your conditioning right there in my eyes. Yeah. yeah you can construct a drill, like a track meet a little bit where you have to go up and down, whether it be a offensive rush with a back check that, that gets the point, you know, gets the job done as well. You know? So I, I was, I always, uh, was, we, we were, we were a thin D to begin with. And then the coach did this drill where we had to jump up as the, attacking it's the worst i was like hidden bag skate it's called it's a hidden bag skate yeah so uh but yeah you can do that without kind of setting them on the line and doing the herbies again 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 Again. did you have any ever ever any crazy bag skates in your life me yeah um there was something there was a purpose behind it i think there was some type of time or whatever but we didn't know anything and i had just so i had lyme disease during training camp and I Jeez. missed some yeah, time. You spend so much time in the woods. In the, yeah. Woods of, yeah. In the <laughs> golf course and mowing my lawn. Yeah. You just 
that's what the lady everywhere. asked me. She was like, do you do your own yard work? I'm like, yeah. No. She's like, do you know you're in the NHL? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I come off of the uh, – I think this is one of the reasons why it was really difficult for me, but it was like one, my first practice back, and there were no parks, and we just did laps. We just laps without any direction, knowing how long or whatever. So we are just sitting there. You know, guys are buzzing early, and then all of a sudden another group went. So it was only two groups, and then – we went again and again and again and again and again. And it was like, no one knew what was going on. And then he started picking people off being like, all right, you can get off. You can get off. You can get off. So I don't know what the, the goal was for. What was know. the message? Was there like an end and end like message? Uh, Were you guys out late the night before? No, I, it was, curfew, I think it was still uh, training camp because it must have been some type of test that LeMay had up his sleeve, but you know, I must have got, I must have slid by with the uh, the lime excuse. Yeah, you know, not on the ice for four days and then getting just bagged. Oh, we we had one one time. I think it was when I was in junior with Teddy Nolan, and we uh, same thing. You get on the ice and you know how you do the the loser lap for uh, ten minutes before practice even starts the indy 500 and um you know we're, we're doing that and then usually when the coach comes out practice kind of gets going and this particular time we just kept skating around and around and no whistles to like okay keep going go harder whatever we just skated around 60 minutes he blew the whistle he goes you guys wasted my time last night for 60 minutes i'm gonna waste your time ended practice you guys just did the indy 500 for an hour yeah so did you go faster or no? Did no, he, there was no was, like whistle to speed it. I was. It there was, was no sh- direction. No, it was. It was <laughs> you wasted my time last night. I'm gonna waste your time today. That's classic. Yeah. Didn't you have a crazy one in San Antonio when you're like a rookie? Didn't weren't you like pushing the coach on the net and stuff? Yeah, I hated your guts. Hated guts. Yeah. He. Um. I think the backstory was. He, he, his tires got popped and for some reason he thought it was me. <laughs> I'm like, it was out of hell. I, I obviously I didn't, I didn't even have my license. I didn't even like, so I couldn't have drove to his house. And um, so he thought it was me. And at the end of practice, he, he jumped on the back of the net and he goes, go ahead, push me down in the end of the practice in San Antonio. Remember how bad that oh, ice that, was so sticky at the game rink too. And <laughs> I pushed him down and back like 15 times. Oh my god! <laughs> it was awful, and, I was, and and the guys had to like the older guys had to tell them they're like, no one would ever do this. Like, what? No one's gonna go and pop your tires. Like, what are you talking about? You're like some some rookie that just comes out of juniors, and they're like, yeah, how am I gonna get to the NHL? I think I might drive to the coach's house and yeah. slash his tires. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, and he ended up it, he had like video surveillance in his apartment complex, and um, guy looked just I like it. Apolo- I think he apologized to me, and um you know, for falsely being accused. But yeah, that, that was a good one. We used to have, uh, when did you, did you sit on the net the next practice and make him push you? Yeah, no, <laughs> we used to have practices in, in feet. Remember back in the, so now you have like, uh, you, I think it's mandatory four days off a month, but back in the day, you never it, like, you, if you got one day off a month, it was great. Yeah. And no matter what, after that day off, when, uh, Gretzky was our coach in Phoenix, we would, we would do 30 minutes, no pucks, 30 minutes just skate the entire like the entire time guys would be like all right we don't even want a day off like it was torture yeah that's and it's awful like you you, you take that day off and you feel 
pretty crappy coming back on the ice anyway. And then you start, you start uh, <laughs> having to, to dig in and skate. You know, and that must have been an old Edmonton thing because Ron Lowe did that uh, in New York when I was a rookie as well. Just it was after actually the Halloween party. So we just uh, skated, yeah. skated for, I think. Do it was you like, remember the stick where the coach tells you where to go? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I swear to God. We cross your feet over that, that type of stuff. Yep, it was that, that was a Buddy Yandel special back yeah. in the day. The worst. Um, yeah. Well, now we have uh, KY here, but let's talk talk about Torch Pro. And when we were growing up, NHL players were such a mystery. We had no access into what they were doing away from the rank or how they trained, what drills they use, how they spent their time off in the off seasons. TorchPro.com is changing all of that. They are giving young athletes, parents, fans, coaches insight and content into some of the best players in the world. You can sign up for free. It takes 30 seconds and start access, accessing behind-the-scenes content from players like Charlie McAvoy, Joe Pavelski, Megan Keller, Riley Sheehan, and more. I would have benefited so much from content like this when we were excited to partner with Torch Pro to help get our community better access to some of the best players in the world. So it's pretty good, KY, to be able to talk to you and ask you some questions here. And um, as, as you're growing up, who would you would have would have like to see behind the scenes of uh, you know, this type of stuff with Torch Pro? Um, yeah, like you say, you, you had no idea what guys were doing. You did. Uh, I probably, I mean, I mean you got to go Ray Bork, Brian Lee. Like around here, yeah. I mean, obviously, we, number one around here would be Ray Bork, but yeah, you know, obviously Gretzky, um, right. You know, just guys like that. If you had you to pick and choose, it sounds like uh, you know you'd want to pick from the best. So I'm gonna say Gretzky, um, Lemieux, Ray Bork. I think those would be uh, cool things to see. And um, you know, that's a that's a cool program. Yeah, it's awesome. With you know, Joe Pavelski's one of the founders, and uh, it's really cool to see some of the behind the scenes type of stuff. Uh, our boy Bell's is working for them too, Keith. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay, yeah, now I know what it is. Yeah, so yeah, that's a lot. A- yeah, it's awesome. He's doing a lot of work with them and some interviews and things like that too. So it's a pretty cool partnership. So make sure you guys check it out. Log on to uh, torchpro.com and, uh, and don't forget about that morning blitz. That email you get every day. It's kind of like those cliff notes um, from what happened in the sports world the night before. Uh, comes out, you know, every weekday, Monday through Friday. It's a great email. It's the inbox about 5.30 a.m. and uh, get you up to speed on what happened the night before, whether, you know, what, what teams won, what teams lost, and some cool stories. So it's great stuff what they got going. Um, Matty Fornitaro, Bells, uh, obviously Joe Pavelski. There's some awesome videos on him, like his training, um, some of the tipping drills and skating drills and how he likes to work in, you know, on top of the crease. And he's made such a great career out of doing it. And he's uh those guys, he's playing in the, uh, the ACC, the ACC. He's out there. Yeah. Representing the hockey guys. I saw like him, Madano. Uh, yeah. Him. Madano. Tournament? Yeah, yeah. 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 Lake Tahoe and Oshi. I think they're, Oshi, uh, yep. Yep. I looked at some of the pairings. Those guys are playing together. That would be great. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's going to be. I'm surprised Witt hasn't got the look for something like that yet. Yeah, he's going to throw his name in the hat, you know? Yeah, and he's nasty. Yeah. Um, All right, we got got another one from Twitter, and I think there's one more voicemail we'll get to. So we got – this is from G. Wilson. What a name. Um, 
<laughs> mailbag question. You never heard the name G before? Yeah. No. I, I'm, I'm hoping Guys, that it was, uh, if it's Garrett Wilson, that'd be awesome. Do you ever play with Willie? I, I've met him in – actually, was that – I think I was with you when I met him at Thority's uh, golf tournament. Yeah, he's he's one of the best best guys out there. I played with him what in San Antonio. Out him, huh? Yeah, oh, he's, he's got a snout hammer. Oh, worse than yours. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot. He's one of the best dudes out there. We trained yeah, down in Falmouth with uh, Mr. V. Right? Yeah. yeah. So he came up and would uh, we'd have a time uh, with him, Petro, and uh, yeah. I might have uh, went to a wedding with him. He was a fun guy. Yeah. Good yeah, dude, this but, probably isn't from him, but I'm glad we just talked about him for a half hour. Yeah, we'll uh, get him on the show. Yeah, there you go. Uh, my 12-year-old, he definitely doesn't have a 12-year-old. No, he uh, not that he knows him. Yeah. <laughs> my 12-year-old is participating in a variety of weekly on-ice and dry land sessions, many of uh, many with his buddies here in Minnesota. The goal is to work on skill development and learning to train, as they say in the USA Hockey 12U. The first session of dry land and on-ice instruction is with the local high school and D1 coaches, and the other is with a coach that didn't play or train at the highest level. Um, my son doesn't take the second sessions very seriously. The effort in the first session is great, while the effort in the second uh, session is abysmal. Uh, what a word I just said. I always tell my son to train like you are always being watched. At what point do we focus on just one session over the other? We have eight sessions left. Do we ride it out, or is it reasonable to pull him? I th- I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, I teach it to my kids too. If you, if you sign up for something, then you, you got to finish it, and you got to uh, fulfill your commitment to that. Um for him going, if it's a, that he's saying a coach that doesn't have the experience as the other guys, then, you know, just prove that you're, you know, the best guy out there or uh, the hardest working guy. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing I think is, is for me is just sticking with it. And, and like he said about it, um, you know, always be the hardest guy working no matter who's watching or uh you know because at the end of the day you're doing it for yourself you're not doing it for uh, anyone else yeah i i think it's uh a good you know teaching moment here like just because there's someone with more uh say experience you you take that more seriously versus it's the same workout i would say and you know there's the same message of trying to get better and and learn skills and learning to train um so I would almost overemphasize the second session. And if you don't work hard, there's, there should be consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not, yeah, appropriate. yeah, it's not appropriate to, to, you know, mail it in just because you don't like the, the trainer and, or whatever, even if it's like, well, the coach didn't play at the highest level. Like the guy still could be sending good messages. Yeah. yeah. So John, I mean, John Cooper didn't play in the NHL. Right. Yeah, like I was exactly back, back Stanley cups. Yeah. Is that good? Mm-hmm. So I I would I would take that seriously with you know the message that you send to the you know if you let him you know mess off and, and and not give his all just because of that then you know you're sending the wrong message you can put your foot down and, and make sure that he digs in even more in my opinion that's yeah. what I would do how how old is he twelve, 12. well said uh, 
guys real quick i know we got a we got one more voicemail but i want to talk to you guys about cross-country mortgage if you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while have a quick chat uh chat with devo and see if it makes sense um to refinance many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on your monthly savings or overall wealth devo may be able to help you save on that monthly basis and put money more money into savings or other projects check him out at chrisdevin.com again go to chrisdevin.com and he and the team at cross country mortgage uh can let you know if they can save you some dough so we got that final voicemail yeah, what do you got, Colinane? Hi, my name is Matt from Buffalo, and um, I've coached hockey for ten or eleven years now, and finally have a kid of my own. Um, you know, a new young new guy. He's only five months old, but with a fresh slate, uh, I'm looking to see. You know, what's your advice on trying to steer a kid towards uh, being interested in playing hockey without forcing it on him? As I've seen uh, some parents try too hard and make their kid hate it. And, you know, some kids take or some parents take the hands off approach and the kids don't get involved. Not that it's live or die. I hope my kid does anything active. But, you know, how can I get them into into the game uh, and when should I start? Thanks. Bye. Well, thanks for the call. I mean, I would say right off the rip here, if he's five months old and isn't isn't already walking around the living room with skates on, he's behind the eight ball. Yeah, he's done. He's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Five months, you gotta. He he should already be um, get the ladders out in the yard. He should be doing some off ice stuff and uh, and and really hitting it hard, making sure the uh, the hamstrings are loose. Massage. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I would say though, uh, start hitting the chiropractor early. Uh, on the maybe ser- TB maybe TB twelve. A serious note, you know, you just you let them, you know, sit with you while you're watching a game, you know, and you start kind of picking it up from there, you know, very young age. But that's kind of what I did. I had my little guy with me all the time, and obviously I was playing, but it was just uh, kind of through osmosis that he really enjoyed you know, the first exposure to the game and then that next step, getting them on the ice, you know, it's hit or miss. Sometimes the kids just don't take to it right away and you just got to be patient. But early on, you just, you know, I would say bring them to a game, watch a game on TV um, and just, you know, definitely hands off enough. What do you have, Keith? I I think, um, you know, like Mott's kind of touched on there. I think every every kid, your uh, your father's. Uh, I know for me and Brian, your, your father's your hero, and you want to do everything that he's doing. And you know, I know sitting down watching games with dad, or or going to watch you play with dad, or watching his high school games, and you see what you know drives him or what he's interested in. Um, you know, it's definitely going to rub off on your kids. And you know, I, Mike. You know, my kids, uh, you know, obviously I have girls, so they're not really too big into the hockey. But you can see that, you know, other things that you do, you know, they're interested in it because I'm interested in it. So, um, you know, I think if you just stay your course and obviously he's been coaching, he said, for 11 years without kids. Um, you know, the kid's going to, you know, pick up on the fact that his dad loves the game and um, hopefully follow follow the foot footpath. Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, just watching it, having it on at your house, get them started with a nice Franklin um, mini hockey set, right? 
get that out 20% off, get the ring shrinks discount. So we'll take care of you there. We'll send that right to Buffalo. No problem. Um, but yeah, having a stick in the house, right? The mini sticks you watch, like even those videos of, of, you know, NHL guys now, then, and you know, they're handing their kid a stick and they're playing in the, in the living room or in the basement or whatever it is, like start doing that type of stuff. I mean, I think our nephew, um, our sister's kid is the first word that came out of his mouth was goal. You know what I mean? Like he just, you know, uh, our sister Lauren just gave him a stick and he just, he loves it. And he's, you know, four or five now. And he just loves watching it, loves being around it, loves, you know, skating in the backyard rink. Um, when they set that out, he loves going and watching my kids play. And obviously when you're on TV, he loves to be able to watch that. But, you know, uh, like I said, I think just, It'll happen kind of organically um, if it's if it's in his blood, like it seems to be with 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 you know with him being a coach for so long. There's a, there, I mean, there's really not much else to do in Buffalo in the wintertime <laughs> too. Place well, you know what I mean. So I yeah, think you'd uh, eat some wings. Yeah, some wings and go to a Bills game. But um, Bills other than that, I, yeah, I, I think the kid, uh, you know. Is, yeah, is it's probably right snowing there right now. So yeah. I mean, probably probably still got the backyard rink still up. Yeah. <laughs> but that always helps too. Like I think I mean I know a lot of kids at those younger age groups, like if you do put a little rink in the yard and stuff like that, it kind of piques their interest and they get outside. What do you got, Colin? A? You you want no, to chime just, in here? No, I was just gonna say it is kind of a it's a tougher question to answer than I think just like let it happen through osmosis. Because like what if you're what if you're a dad who doesn't watch every game on TV every night, right? But you got to get your kid out there playing sports with other kids so they start learning interaction, all these things. So it's like you are kind of forced to force it on them at some point in that scenario. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's a little bit tougher to answer that question than you'd think, you know? No, you can get him started too, walking around in the house, like when he's, you know, three, four years old with skates on and then, you know, bring him down to a learn to skate. And yeah, they're, they're obviously, you want to get him involved as, as yeah, but we say we, we say for it to happen naturally, but then we're like forcing these toys on them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's, there has to be some form of deliberate action taken by that guy. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe you should answer the question. You got a room full of oh, toys listen, behind you. Listen, I mean, there's a lot on the line. If this kid doesn't get into hockey, he's going to be, jumping through tables at yeah, Bill's games gonna, with the rest of the crew. And, so. and for your kid, too, who's going to be the next P.J. Axelson if That's you know, true. Gabe Cullinane Jr. isn't? Well, I mean, I got a P.J. jersey in every single room of the house, so I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to take your advice. Yeah. All right? he, sleeps, <laughs> he sleeps with a, with a P.J. Axelson jersey on? The only one. <laughs> the only one out there. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what, what else we got for Keith? Anything? Any questions? Um, we got to get him out on the, the, the D skills. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let, let's you talk about this. They kind of void you. Yeah. But we, we have the, um, six line. We're starting at the Canton ice house, the 19th, Monday, the 19th through the 21st, um, six line.com to register, uh, the Canton ice house and make sure that you learn on the ice as well as off the ice from the shrinks. <laughs> Yeah, we can maybe wrestle K- KY down there to to shed some wisdom, you know. Yeah, yeah. If, they, nice. uh, if the if the whatever group signs up the most, I'll, I'll I promise I'll be down there to uh to come out for a session or two. Love yeah, it. and I, I I don't think anything drives Keith more crazy than watching coaches that have no idea what they're doing 
run skills and practices and things like that. And I think he knows that we do a pretty good job with these kids on the ice and we're teaching them the right things. Right, Keith? Yep. That's why I stay away. I know you guys are doing the right thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll see you down there in, uh, on that week. That's for sure. So whatever group, it's a challenge. Whatever group has the most uh, registrations, KY is going to be there. So that's yeah, good. Stuff. Maybe a little giveaway, a couple sticks. Some signed, uh, some signed sticks or something. So some signed bucket hats from the Grove. <laughs> no, yeah, I can't get this. You need it with this rain. <laughs> you really do. Well, um, all right. Well, that's a wrap, Keith. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Uh, great questions. That was there was a lot of them. It was good to see the voicemail um, back up. Make sure you guys continue follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, all those social media platforms. Uh, keep e- emailing those questions in. Uh, rankstrengths at gmail.com and uh, and keep filling up that f- voicemail 3476 shrink uh, I like the voicemails they're good where's Harry Ben nothing from him leaving a voice next week yeah I, don't think, one? I think uh, I don't think Harry's been chirping on the voicemail in a long time so maybe a little call out will uh, will inspire him this week yeah get some Harry let's go Harry Harry from High Park yeah it's your boy all right thanks all right, again KY, thanks buddy Thanks, Thanks, Keith. Great seeing you.